1: You are here for a reason well good day beloved 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 welcome to today's study um i'm just going to tell you right off the bat i am not at the height of my game today i had a really really rough night last night but I've got some great news for you, and I'm going to share it with you right after the shofar. By the way, there are some people who complain about me playing the shofar. I would encourage you to do a Bible study on the shofar. There's a reason why I play it from time to time, and there's a reason why we open up our Narrow Path Prayer Ministry times with the shofar and if you're watching this on rumble you can see a bible study on it on your screen i'll be back in a moment The air is cleared. We can get on with the study, but I promised you that I was going to tell you some really good news. Now, I started off by saying that I had a really rough night. And that isn't a woe to me, feel sorry for me, no. The good news is Because I'm not at my best, because I'm not feeling as sharp as I normally would, that is less of me. And I really feel the Lord and the Holy Spirit is going to minister much more because a good chunk of me is taken out of the equation today. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of doing this podcast and I thank you for the privilege of reading your word. Lord, to study your word and just the fact that the God, the creator of the universe, the redeemer of all sins has given us His instruction. And Lord, your word is clear. It is not confusing at all but it is only by revelation through the Holy Spirit that we can truly understand the intention of your word and the nature, the character of the God who supplied it. So, Father, I pray for each and everyone who hears this broadcast, Lord, that you will give them understanding by the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I give the Holy Spirit permission absolute authority to speak through me this day as is your intention to glorify our lord and savior jesus christ and i pray these things in his name yahuwah i love you god thank you lord for this word and thank you for being here everyone As I've mentioned several times before, this is Paul writing from prison to Timothy, who was one of his disciples in Christ, and he was entrusting with the ministry. But that was Paul writing to Timothy, who was a disciple. This is God, including it in his canon, giving you a message. So this is God speaking to you. And I want you to read it or hear the words through that lens. But you might think, well, I'm not an apostle. or You're a disciple. When you became born again, you handed over your life. And you became a disciple of Christ. And this letter is very much meant for you. The other thing is, in the title of this, I put really three words. And the first one was grace, which is a recurring theme, obviously, throughout the New Testament. Faithfulness which is another very powerful word. But I added something that is not evident in the reading of this chapter, and many of you I know have gone ahead and read it before ahead of this study, and I appreciate that. But when I see this, to me, it's a warning and instruction on how to deal with religious spirits. Saved or unsaved, you can have religious spirit. That is for sure. So keep those three things in mind throughout this chapter, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. Let's start with the reading of his word. You... Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. And if someone likewise competes as an athlete, he is not crowned as victor unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, and for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. The statement is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and solemnly exhort them in the presence of God not to dispute about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of the truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are hominius and Philitus, men who have gone astray from the truth, claiming that the resurrection had already taken place. And they are jeopardizing the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to keep away from wickedness. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver implements but also implements of wood and earthenware. And some are for honor, while others are for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be an implement for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, But be kind to all, skillful in teaching, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his Will boy, Paul just shoots out so many concepts in this chapter. Yeah, I could probably make this two or three episodes, but I'm just gonna, well, I'm gonna follow the uh Lord's leading, if I may just say something off the top and i heard a word from a a brother recently about different types of study and you'll notice that i don't do biblical gymnastics when i do these studies because i could always pull from romans corinthians you know all the different things and support points that are in the word but You know, the writer of this, Paul, or the Holy Spirit, often does pull from other parts of Scripture and puts it in. And I'm of the belief that when we do a chapter of the Bible, it is enough. It answers itself. And when we study the whole Word of God, it really does answer itself. And what this brother said was he says, you know, a lot of sermons are what was the word he used? Topic centered. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, really, when it's topic centered, it's the person who, you know, the pastor or whoever is delivering the sermon. It's to prove their point. And again, some people would do it wrong. Some people do it to edify themselves. That is for certain. I've seen it. But this way is just really letting the word of God speak for itself. And of course, I'm putting in what the Lord gives me as I read it. And it's just to give you thought, and I always will say, you must be the Berean. And if you're not sure, if you dis- or if you disagree, and I'm wrong from time to time, if you disagree with one of my interpretations, well, go search it out. And it's most likely that because I, you know, put a lot of time and study and pray that I am right to a degree, perhaps I'm off, perhaps I've misstated it. When we, when you talk for an hour or an hour and a half, or something consistently, you're bound to make some mistakes with vocabulary. But I do this so you can hear the heart of God and in this text and really to remove as much of me out of this as possible. So. I just thought it was worthwhile for to reaffirm some there's some new listeners and why I do it this way. And that is the reason. And eventually I'm going to have the whole bible on tape doing this which I think is an honor and a privilege unless the lord comes and takes us away first. <laughs> or they just completely take down the platform because <laughs> that can happen. So I love the very first word of this chapter. And remember, I said, you know, Paul wrote this to Timothy, but God wrote it to you. And when he puts in the word son, if you're a female, he means daughter as well. Okay. Just let's, let's not be foolish as it goes on to state later on in the chapter. You, therefore, my son, my daughter. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So I've gone over the word grace many times before. Grace is something you cannot earn, it's unmitigated favor of God. But I also truly believe it to be the power of God. So be strong in your undeserving reception of his power that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. I believe this statement is important because God or Jesus himself said, you know, I, you are my friends. I've told, I've made all things known to you. But of course the other thing, the other side does things in hidden places and in secret. But he has said these things in front of many witnesses and these witnesses would hold him to account if he was wrong In delivering the gospel message as well, entrust these, so the the stuff that you have been taught by the Lord, entrust these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. You are called to be a disciple. And you are called to disciple others. You're called to disciple them into the kingdom. And then you're called to mature them in the word of God and help them to grow in their faith, to trust the Lord, to look at it with maturity. You are called to disciple them. And it's saying to entrust this to faithful people. Well, what does it mean to be faithful? It really means to be true to the word of God. In today's day and age, you know, we hear of seeker-friendly churches. A lot of churches won't touch Revelation they won't touch a lot of subjects. They won't call out abortion. They won't call out homosexuality. Look, you have to be, You don't be afraid to offend someone. It's God's word. It's God who is offensive to them, not you. You're just saying God's word says uh, he doesn't like this stuff. In fact, he hates it. And when you have God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, that hates something, you might want to consider your ways. So be faithful to his word. Do not add unto the book. Do not take away from the book. Very clear. Verse 3. Suffer hardship with me. (laughs) you know on uh thursday we discussed about the ark and uh and then it went into john 15 you know i am the vine but so many times jesus said the world hates me it's gonna hate you this is not a popularity contest. If you came into Christianity to expand your social circles and to be popular and you just kind of play along so that people will like you, you're not doing the faith right. You're not being faithful because even in the church, if you're faithful to his word, you're not going to be popular. (laughs) Um, and you will suffer hardship. If if you're not suffering some hardship for the Lord, you're not doing things right. And I don't wish hardship on you, of course. But when you, when we get hardships and we get challenges, like right now in my life, there are so many problems coming at me from every single direction. And it could be easy to be overwhelmed by those, to concentrate on all of my problems. But when I read the word of God, when he sends suffering, when he sends problems your way, problems are opportunity for more of his power. Because how do you get past all the problems? By his grace. Friend, do you trust Jesus enough in these situations? I'm not telling you to sit back and do nothing. But do you trust him? And do you start to solve these problems in the spirit? Or do you start to solve them in the physical? It makes sense to us who grew up in the world to start to try to solve and get rid of the suffering by worldly means. And sometimes you'll be instructed to do it most time, but start in the spirit, defeat it spiritually, hand it over to the Lord, allow his grace to come in and alleviate your suffering. I think of Stephen, the first martyr who was being stoned. Now in the flesh, you're standing there. There's a bunch of angry dudes who are going to hurl rocks at you until you die. That's pretty horrifying. Oh my goodness, this is going to hurt, you might think. And it will in the physical. It's a horrible way to die. But yet, look at what God's grace did for Stephen. He'll do that in almost every area of your life. And as it says, God has no choice. Did you know that? God who can do anything has no choice because he cannot change his character. So suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I love that he put in soldier. Why? Because there is a war going on. Hello? And the war is intensifying every day in this season of the Son of Man. Verse 4, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life. Just think about this for a second. In the physical. In the physical. Of course, everything starts in the spirit, and then it ends up in the physical. But let's say you're a soldier in a war. You've been enlisted, and you're fighting on the front lines. And then your cell phone rings in the midst of a battle, and uh, someone wants to tell you that uh, they lost their car keys. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Did you look under the couch? Perhaps it's behind a cushion. Did you drop them outside? Would the soldier say that? The soldier's not taking the call, folks. And I'm not telling you not to help someone. But be careful not to be entangled in the affairs of don't be burdened by them. Of course, you can extend grace to someone. Of course, you can. You're called to. But do it and move on. So no soldier in active service, so active, you're acting, you're in the middle of the war, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who has enlisted him. Well, who's enlisted you? God called you beloved before he even formed the world. You were chosen by him and enlisted by him. And if someone likewise competes as an athlete, he is not crowned as victor unless he competes according to the rules. So this is talking about the rules of spiritual engagement you know God has rules and his rules do not change now don't be confused we do not live under the law a murderer can come to Christ and through the grace of Jesus Christ can be saved so we're not talking about that But, you know, someone who has studied the Bible through the lenses of stewardship. The world buys and sells. But in the spirit, God's rules is sowing and reaping. I say this because there's a reference to it later on in this chapter. But in life and in the physical... If you sow into something that's not good, if you dedicate your time to useless chatter, to gossip, whatever it may be, there's going to be consequences of it. Like gossip was one of the most dangerous things, quite honestly. And Christians have a special way of gossiping. You know how we do it as Christians? Oh, sister, you got to pray for other sister. You won't believe what she's doing. (laughs) That's gossip, folks. And in doing so, what are you sowing into? Are you going to say something you shouldn't say? Probably. Probably. Is that going to be heard because that other person wasn't faithful to your secret conversation and they're actually more attached to that person you're gossiping about? And then it comes back around to you. You see what a web. And this is just a minor thing. You must play by the rules. And God has laid them out very simply for us. The gospel is simple. Anyone who makes it complex, no, they're being led by the devil. They might be Christians, but they're being led by the devil. Because the simplicity of God's word, although it's deeper than we could ever get to, it's the character of God and his simple instruction. We just stick with that. This is my commandment to you, love one another. So accept Christ, love on people. There you go, gospel in one sentence. Hallelujah. Verse 6, the hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. I ask myself, why did he put that in? Why did God put this in? I think the key is in the first three words of verse 6. The hard working. Work is a holy and everlasting calling. What if you're retired? Are you working at the Great Commission to disciple people? If you do, again, God cannot change. So he's saying you should be the first to receive your share By working hard. Consider what I say. For the Lord will give you. Understanding. In everything. Excuse me. I got to take another drink of water here. If you notice my voice is very harsh. I think it's from inhaling campfire smoke for a number of days. But boy, I love a campfire. Do you? I have a nickname for a campfire, and if you ever go camping with me, you'll hear me say this. It's Caveman TV, because we can stare at it endlessly and just be mesmerized by it. Fire is truly a amazing energy source, and it's a gift from God. Verse 8, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel. So Paul was an apostle, was the apostle to the Gentiles. But you have to understand, Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a top-notch religious freak, okay? And when I say religious, uh, let me define what I mean by that, uh, because it's pertinent to this chapter. Faith is God came to us. We live under the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to us. He gave us grace. There's nothing we could do. It's his power in you and you overcome by the word of God and the power of your testimony. But yet, being a Pharisee, Paul constantly says a descendant of David because A lot of the people who surrounded him and a lot of his opposition were the Jews. So he's tying in the Old Testament God, the Torah, and, you know, the Old Testament writings into the New Testament. I believe that's why he puts that in. For which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal. So here's a man who they've proven nothing against. It's just empty accusations, which will happen to you as well. But Paul's actually thrown into prison. He's awaiting his death, and he's labeled by the governing body to be a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. And nor can it be. You know, there's coming a day, I believe, that uh, they'll be taking away our Bibles. But they can never take the Word of God out of your heart. So, really be passionate about studying the Bible now. Get as much of it into you as you can. That would be my advice. And I pray that that never happens, of course. Verse 10, for this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. I want to be clear here. For the sake of all those who are chosen. It doesn't mean only minister to Christians, folks. You know, there's a lot of unbelievers out there that have been chosen and they just need to make that choice. And it could be God's grace through you and the great commission that you have to go and witness to that person. And, and then the responsibility isn't yours to close the deal. Did you know that? Don't feel bad if they don't accept Christ. You have done your job. They are a free will agent, and we don't know whom God has chosen that will accept, and that won't, and that He knows won't accept. That's a God thing. Your burden is light because He carries the heavy load. so that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. This statement is trustworthy. So let me just read all of verse 10 again, because he says this statement is trustworthy. For this reason, I, put your name in there, Endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they may also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. Are you sharing the gospel with your neighbors? Well, no, they won't be interested. Yeah, they might not be. But is it up to you to decide? Perhaps. They're just waiting for the kind and gentle, loving words to come from the Lord through you. This statement is trustworthy. For if we died with him, if you accepted salvation in Jesus, you died with him. That's how you become born again. You die. And when we die with Christ, we're transferred out of the world kingdom into God's kingdom. And we will also live with him. This is not... A future thing it is a future thing but as soon as you die in Christ you're living with him because you're transferred into that kingdom and verse 12 says if we endure we will also reign with him so what does that mean to endure the faith, to not turn your back on God. But then it says if we deny him, he will also deny us. I want to be sure that there's no confusion with these and verse 13 is going to tie it in and and give you the answer but If we endure with him, we will reign with him. That's even now. Because again, when you suffer in Christ and you endure the criticisms and when you endure all these things, his grace becomes more abundant in your life. And when you have more abundance, you have more authority with Christ. You become more powerful in him. But then, if we deny him, he will deny us. That's not, this is not a salvation thing. Let me be clear. This is not a salvation thing. Remember, Peter denied him three times. I'm pretty sure Peter uh, has salvation. But in an instant where, for instance, you're ministering or you want to minister, but you deny him well, God's going to deny that power and grace in that moment to you, because you chose not to. I think it's that simple. The gospel is not complicated. And verse 13 sums up these couple of verses. If we are faithless, so you're going to minister to that person, but you don't have the faith at that moment. And And that could be a word from God to say, no, 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 don't. This isn't the right time. That's possible. Only you and God know at that moment where that faith is coming from. But if you are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. So if you're in Christ and even at that moment if you're faithless he is still faithful to you. And again sometimes being faithless is a uh, is the holy spirit talking to you and saying I you know sometimes if someone asks me to pray for them, you know, someone you know has whatever ailment or whatever the problem is, Sometimes I have huge amount of faith and I just know I'm going to pray that and bang it's going to be answered. I know it. I know it in my being. But man there's times someone will say, "Jeff, can you pray for me?" and I say, "Yes, I can." and I will. But I don't have faith. And I'm maybe it's prophetic, maybe It's just the Lord saying, no, this person has to go through this for my purposes. And it might suck that the person has to go through it. But we all have to go through things and we all have to suffer and we all have hardships. There's no escaping it, folks. Remind them of these things and solemnly exhort them in the presence of God not to dispute about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners. Boy, there's so many things that the church fights about. And really, when you look at it, it's kind of useless, <laughs> you know. There's just so many things um, because they don't matter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to get the right example. Um, it's not a good example, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the rapture. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so I, it's not a good example because... If someone believes that we are raptured pre tribulation, I think that's clearly a false understanding. This is my opinion. I don't want to quarrel with you, but I think it's really clear from, you know, you could take one verse and pre trib people do, and they say, there you go. But when you look at it as a whole, I think it's debatable whether it's mid-trib or end-trib. I tend to think it's mid-trib. But no matter what, if we're going to argue and, you know, let's say there's a non-Christian watching two Christians argue about this, what good has it done? And does it matter? Does it matter to your salvation? No, it doesn't. So... it's these quarrelsome things and by the way denominations do this probably more than anyone you know the baptists and the pentecosts you know are about as far from each other as they can and then there's the sensationalists who think that the gifts have gone but the you know the the charismatics are way over the top with well kundalini in my opinion uh not all the time not making a blanket statement but um those things are worth discussing but not in front of a non-believer so that's what it says which is useless and leads to the ruin of the listeners so if a non-believer is watching two people who claim to be born again christians arguing over these things and making it you know I I don't want to be in that club, people would say, right? But be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. I love that it doesn't say just the word of God there. It's the word of truth. It is the only truth in this world. (laughs) You know, I guess it's true if you throw a ball up, it's going to fall down. You know, let's not get ridiculous. But in this world, this is the truth. And it says, "Be don't be ashamed of it. So again, don't be ashamed that God says he hates homosexuality, that he hates child sacrifice, that he hates these things. And if you're talking to someone who's for them, It's probably not worth arguing, folks. It's probably best just to move along. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. What is worldly and empty chatter? You know... (laughs) I used to spend so much time with friends talking about football and draft picks and the game and, you know, the drama that leads up to the game. You know, there's an injury, you know, the betting odds are this. Boy, that's worldly and empty chatter. It really serves no purpose, does it? And their talk will spread like gangrene among them. (laughs) Wow. So it just spreads, you know, oh, you're a born-again Christian, but you're obsessed with sports. And by the way, I still like sports, and I encourage kids to get into sports. Playing sports, being athletic is all good, okay? It's all good. Worshiping idols and being consumed by it, not good. Then he names these two people, and he says they are men who have gone astray from the truth, claiming that the resurrection has already taken place. They are jeopardizing the faith of some. Now, you might be thinking, well, the resurrection did take place. I'm going out on a limb here. This is me speaking, unless the Holy Spirit interferes. (laughs) Please do. But what I believe is happening here is that they're claiming you had to be part of the resurrection at that time. If you missed it, you missed it, right? That's just common sense in looking at this. Um, Perhaps there's something deeper there. I'm sure there is. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows who are his. And everyone who names the Lord, the name of the Lord is to keep away from wickedness. Oh boy, I've got some conviction there. Verse 20, now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver implements, but also implements of wood and earthenware. Some are for honor, while others are for dishonor. You know, in your house you have things that are precious to you. Um if, if you're smart and you've been getting money out of the banks and buying gold and silver, um, that probably has a lot of value to you, uh, using this specific example, but you know, to me, um, out of earthly possessions, some of my most valuable are my guitars. And then I have other things that are worth more, uh, financially but don't have the same intrinsic value in my heart. They could be replaced where some of my guitars for me, just because the experience I've had with them, the, you know, the different things and, you know, I'm not even playing anymore. I haven't played since 2010, but I keep them all. And I'm not getting rid of them. Uh, one day I'm going to play again. And I'm confident in that. I did start. little while ago but just had not kept up with it anyways that's useless chatter folks what the lord has just warned me not to do and here i am being dishonoring forgive me lord therefore if anyone cleanses himself from these things he will be an implement for honor sanctified useful to the master and prepared for every good work Now, this is really interesting to me, and I had to consider this because if I really did not care for these things, I would have less things holding me back. Insert your own stuff in there. You would have less stuff holding you back. now if it took continuous effort for me to maintain and to keep these things that i care about um, and it was being a serious distraction and a burden to me doing what i'm doing then i would be more blessed to just discard them but i do believe in stewardship and i do believe in taking care of what god has provided for you but if you're spending more time taking care of those things than you are, you're, you know, going out and serving God and his people, then that's something that you need to take before the Lord. And I'll just leave it. Actually, I'll refer back to verse, verse seven Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Lord, your word is so good. So therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be be an implement for honor, sanctified, Useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with all those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations knowing they produce quarrels. The Lord's bond servant must not be quarrelsome. You know, I was watching a uh, video the other day. I was considering doing a, uh, I don't want to call it an expose, but using a certain pastor as an example of uh a guy who probably shouldn't be a pastor and he's very well known and if you come against him or his ministry he will rip you he's got a temper like crazy and he's he's led a very unrighteous life in many ways um And when you see someone like that from the pulpit, if you disagree with me, get out of here, you know, or something like that. If you see those guys, you should get out of there. Because was that answering with verse 25? With gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will, the devil's will. You know, kindness, gentleness, self-control, these are fruits of the spirit, folks. And none of us are perfect. I get it more than most, right? I'm way more imperfect than anyone who's in the chat for sure. Cause I know everyone in the chat. <laughs> I think I do. And you're all better than I am <laughs> and lead a more holy life. But still, you know, we're, We're not perfect. But is there that gentleness? Is there that self-control? Think about it. But this is a strong chapter really encouraging you to get into the fight. And a lot of this stuff that it's talking about here was going against religious spirits, which again, faith is God came to us But religion is man's attempt to reach God. It's the Tower of Babel. And it can't. So someone with a religious spirit, it's very hard to minister to those people. But here's the instruction. With gentleness correcting those who are in opposition if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. And I can't, when I think of religion, I can't help but think of Catholics. And there are so many Catholics that are good people going to church legitimately searching God. And if you, as, you know, just a Bible-believing person, said to someone with that religious spirit, you know, actually you shouldn't pray to Mary. Um, Going to a celibate dude in a box and confessing your sin uh, really isn't biblical. And then because they've been raised with it, maybe even generationally in their family. No, that it could not be a lie. The Pope is God's chosen person on earth, and you know, this is the universal religion. Just pay attention to that. (laughs) Um, instead of arguing with that person, just pray that. The Lord will deliver them from that deception. And as I said, there's the majority of Catholic people that I have met throughout my walk in my lifetime are good people who are legitimate, legitimately wanting a relationship with God. And some of them have it. Unfortunately, most perhaps aren't even born again. That's just one denomination. I don't mean to pick on it, but it just seems to be the obvious example to me. Hey, uh, in closing, I've got uh, a couple really good shows coming up uh, over the next couple weeks. There's a couple guests that I'm going to be bringing on that uh, I would say are, you know, top-tier guests. And... I want you to know that I'm bringing them on for specific reasons. Um, First of all, they're top um, as far as knowledge goes in some of the things that are going on. I don't want to name them until it's confirmed, but I'm in conversations with them and they both said, yes, we just haven't scheduled it yet. Um, But I'm also bringing them on because it, widens the reach of this show. And because this show's primary function is to glorify God, uh, I want to invite other people into the tent, you know? Uh, just like, you know, a physical church might hold a uh, community barbecue and, you know, invite everyone for free hot dogs and hamburgs and you kind of bribe the neighbors to come and say, oh, they're actually kind of normal people, right? Right um I look at some of the Intel shows and things you know in that manner so I say this on a Sunday so you will understand I'm not straying from the faith I'm not changing my mind on what I feel is most important uh but I want you to understand that that is the uh method and I believe the Lord is has honored that in the past and you know sometimes if it's just one, Or two people he brings in. And we've had a number of salvations through the word of God on this broadcast. And I pray for many, many more. So, got some really, really good shows coming up. And the one on Thursday in particular, I'm having essentially a scientist on. And there have been cures that are well documented that cure the worst plagues in our society and uh they've got proof they cannot legally make the claim but i'm just telling you if you have someone who suffers from depression arthritis if someone's going through cancer if people are going through these things you want them to tune in on thursday um there's a good chance that rumble will even take down that show. So make sure to get them to tune in live on Thursday. If, if at all possible, tell your friends and family, it's not going to be, let's say, and by the way, the, uh, the people are Christian that are coming on, but it's not going to be a Christian type show. We're going to be talking about the facts for the most part. And, uh, And you're going to see some overwhelming evidence, but they cannot make the claim legally. I just want to be clear about that. So you're going to have to read between the lines. And uh, lastly, if uh, I just, you know, this show is listener supported. Um, I'll just tell you that I trust the Lord for my provision. However, the Lord says, if you don't ask, you don't get. And it's possible the Lord would want to provide and keep this show on the air um, through you. So I'd ask that you prayerfully consider if you want to support um, right on radio and what our mission is. And in I think going into the fall when I launch community, I've decided to launch community a little bit later on if you didn't hear Friday show, I announced that just because we're going to get more of an uptick on launching this new community thing. It's ready to go. But in September, uh, we'll have, you know, a lot of people are on vacation and stuff like that. But also at that time, I believe I'm going to want to do a little bit of a fundraiser and I want to expand and improve this show and I need some tools to do it. And, uh, I will lay myself bare for you 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 know you'll see everything it'll be an open book there's nothing hidden and uh but in the meantime i probably need your support more now than i ever have in the past Um, so if you would at least just prayerfully consider it uh, i would thank you and i would pray that god would be your provision in that and uh that he would bless you because what you sow you reap and it's in him. Your reward won't come from me. I don't acknowledge people. I don't even really want to see the list of people who contribute to me because I don't want to give favor. I don't want to, because then they've received their reward. I want your reward to be in the Lord, not from me giving you special accolades. So if that makes any sense. Well, God bless you. It's great to be back here after missing one Sunday, and uh, I look forward to all the shows next week. Pay attention, because some of them might be on Podbean. I'm going to, as I say, I'm transitioning a little bit. I don't know how it looks. Just depends on the show, folks, Um, but I'll always post them in the regular places. So May God bless each and every one of you, and remember, in the meantime, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.